0: This is The Witcher Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back with Season 3 of The Witcher. This time we're covering Episode 1, Sherawed, and Episode 2, Unbound.
1: Dear friend, even in your silence, I know you're wondering how Ciri's training is progressing. She has great potential, but little talent. That will change over time. Someday she'll be able to conjure something tastier than the squid you're likely bringing right now. Hmm. Your friend, Yennefer...
0: Welcome back, fellow witches. We're back with Geralt and Yen and Ciri in Season 3 of The Witcher. This time we're covering the first two episodes of Volume 1, Sherwood and Unbound. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow witches. I am one of your other witchering hosts, John. As is traditional for our witcher coverage, we are, are releasing our episodes uh, late uh, for the witcher. <laughs> yes. I don't think we've ever hit. Um, I think season one, we came in late because uh, Chris was a massive fan and wanted us to cover it. Season two, we came in late because it came out in Christmas day. So we uh, did it a week afterwards. Um, and I think even the Blood Origin came out uh, during the period between Christmas and New Year's. So uh, we might have been even late with that one. So, uh, But we have covered every episode of The Witcher so far.
1: Yes, we certainly have. Mm-hmm. And actually, I really like the references, sort of quite small, but to uh-huh. uh, Witcher Blood Origins yeah. um, as well. Yeah, there were some interesting ones in just, the first just episode. Just a few little snippets. Yeah. Whether it needed Blood Origins to sort of, for that. But it yeah. just suddenly immediately transported me back to... Uh, that really nice little mini-series and offshoot of The Witcher. It was. It
0: it got absolutely destroyed in reviews, though, John. Uh, I know. We did record it around the time of Christmas, where everybody was quite joyous about it. But uh, but since then, there's been a lot of people that uh, didn't like it, and they've kind of moved on from connecting it as much as they originally had said they were going to, to Witcher Season (laughs) 3.
1: Well, I guess I'm booking the trend, because I really (laughs) enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not... I don't really know The Witcher uh, at all very well. Mm, and Other it, than the show, obviously. <laughs> other than the show, but I mean, it is one of those things where... So trying to get back into the names, the uh-huh. places. I always find tough with The Witcher. Yeah. Um, so well, especially now that
0: we're now that we're covering um, Rings of Power and we're covering Wheel of Time, all fantasy shows, all with their own uh, whole system set up and different characters, it's quite difficult to jump back into something. And this has been two years since Witcher season two, as well, right?
1: Yeah, it's been a it's been a while, but mm. I I guess I've just never had any connection other than with the TV shows. So yeah. It just takes.
0: A little bit of a
1: warm up. It's like uh-huh. uh, starting a car on a cold day. Absolutely,
0: that's uh, that recap of season one and season two that Netflix put out was uh, very important in getting my mind back into all of these characters. Definitely. Um, but what is untraditional about our coverage of The Witcher uh, is, unfortunately, Chris won't be joining us for this season of The Witcher. Uh, new baby uh, has arrived for uh, yes. Chris and his wife, so new
1: challenges, um, new yeah. uh, pressures on his time. Of exactly, course, exactly. So, yes. so he
0: is available for our coverage. That we're doing on Marvel's Secret Invasion, uh, but he's only able to do one podcast a week. So myself and John will be taking The Witcher Season 3. Uh, but that's okay. We can still cover it pretty well, right? I think so I think so I I hope so so. (laughs) Uh, This is Volume 1 of Season 3 which was all uh, the first five episodes released in in one day Uh, the second volume will be released on July 27th the final three episodes of the season an interesting move here from Netflix uh, something that they're doing with all their big shows where they're spreading them out not doing them weekly but doing them uh, kind of in their binge model but in two different uh, splits effectively but if you look at the actual dates it's about five weeks apart from when they released the first five episodes of Volume 1 so they probably could have done it weekly
1: yeah Definitely. Yeah, but but they're, uh,
0: they're trying to stick to that model of binging, right? I think so. I yeah. think so, yeah.
1: They they must cling on to it, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm looking forward to uh, this show. Uh-huh. Remember, fellow existing witches <laughs> uh, or fellow new witches yes. who are just joining us, uh, please pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice. Mm -hmm. You can also leave voicemails there for feedback, as well as using our email, feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com, where you can send in your thoughts, comments, theories on anything to do with The Witcher Season 3.
0: Absolutely. So this time we will be covering the first two episodes. We'll cover them separately, uh, cover Episode 1 first and then go into Episode 2. We haven't watched ahead, we haven't watched uh, the other three episodes of the show yet, um, so we won't be spoiling anything uh, onwards after Episode 2. So you'd be be pretty okay if you watch those two episodes um, and then join us for this podcast. Definitely. Uh, Let us get into our spoiler-filled discussion
1: of Episode 1, Sharoed. Derek, what are some of the episode details here?
0: Well, the show is based on the book series by Andrzej Sapkowski and the game series from CD Projekt Red. The showrunner for the show, once again, Lauren schmidt Hisrich, who did season one and season two. And we also covered her work on Daredevil, The Defenders and, of course, Umbrella Academy exactly. as well. So uh, Lauren has featured quite heavily on our coverage on TV podcast industries. This episode was directed by Stephen Sergik, who we covered many, many times. Uh, he's, he's directed episodes of the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy season one and two and episodes of every single... Marvel Defenders show that was on Netflix and now, of course, on uh, Disney+. And he's also directed episodes throughout season 1 and 2 of The Witcher.
1: Yes, good stuff. A lot of Marvel... Defenders pedigree here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Stephen Sergik, uh interestingly, did send me a happy birthday message once, uh, which I thought was quite nice. That was very nice. Was, was. This episode was written by Mike Ostrowski. Uh, this is his third episode of The Witcher, as he wrote season one, episode seven, and season two, episode seven, but this time his first uh, premiere episode for season three. Very good. Very good. So, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for The Witcher, season one, episode one, Sherwood? Sure. Having left Kaer
1: Morhen, Geralt, Yennefer and Ciri are on the run from the fire mage Rience while continuing Ciri's training as a witcher and a mage. Elsewhere on the continent, other groups have designs on Ciri. The elven queen Francesca Finnebert seeks Ciri, whom they see as the destined saviour of the elves, but her obsession increasingly puts her at odds with the elven troops known as the Squirrels. While in Redania, King Visimir is disillusioned with his spymaster Sigismund Jeska and sorceress Philippa Ahart's failure to capture Siri, whom he intended to marry, so he entrusts the task to his brother, Prince Radovid. After six months running from village to town to Hamlet, they finally settle down in a home provided by Yarpin Zigrin. After months of hiding and training, Siri, Geralt and Yennefer go to the local village for the Beltine Festival to escape the confinements of training, but are attacked by a jackapace monster orchestrated by Rience. The group take down the jackapace and realise that they must once again move on, but tired of running, the three decide to lure Rientz into a trap. They need a trusted friend, Yaskier, to be the bait after rumours are spread by Yarpin of Siri's departure. They track down Jaskier asking him to help Geralt, Yennefer and Ciri with their plan, but they are unaware that Jaskier has been in secret contact with Philippa and Prince Radovid about persuading Ciri to go to Redania. The elven ruins of Sheroed, they are confronted by Rience and the elven squirrels, and a battle ensues. Rience's and the elven forces are held off with Francesca's brother killed in the encounter. As Rience escapes his defeat via a dark portal, Yennefer feels the presence of dark magic and believes that a powerful dark mage is the mastermind behind Rience. With no other options, she suggests the last place they should seek help, Artuza. Ooh, return to Artuza. Yes, certainly after she um, freed Cahir uh, mm-hmm. previously. So yes, things aren't going that well for the mages here either. Yeah, uh, They seem to be losing... The respect, uh, and of the different kingdoms.
0: Mmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the kingdoms at war here as well. Yes. Yeah.
1: Wolfgard, um, yeah. uh, the north. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of, uh, battles. Happening around the continent.
0: Absolutely, yeah. But the, the majority of this episode really is getting us back with Jan and Geralt and Ciri uh, on their travels and on their running around, running away. I suppose or hiding uh, in uh, across the continent. So uh, a bit kind of travelogue of an episode.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. And what we normally do with our uh, with our Witcher coverage is that we talk about our big moment, the big thing that stood out to us from the first episode of the show. Uh, as these are all released on the same day, most of uh, our wonderful fellow Witchers have watched probably all five episodes at this stage. So, uh, so we just. Just call out the big things from the episode that stood out to us uh, that we really enjoyed. So then, Derek, do you want to kick us off with the big moment
1: from episode one for you?
0: It's just a lovely touch that I thought uh, worked really well in this episode. Um, we finished season two with Yen and uh, and Geralt being kind of at odds with each other because of her decision to almost trade in Siri for more power. Um, so we have Geralt distrustful of Yen but knows that he needs her to help train Siri and Siri is his uh, ward he's that that's his charge and the person he cares for most so they just have this lovely um, line throughout the opening or the the first half of the episode almost with the letters from Yen uh, these uh, moments where she's calling out that she's or signing it as your dear friend Yennefer and you can tell there's a separation between the two but I love how it builds throughout the episode I love that you get the, the closeness starting to return between the two of them. I uh, love that she's writing these letters and nailing them to his door, so he gets them the first thing that he wakes up in the morning with the updates of Siri's training, which isn't going very well. Um, I like the uh, the yes. line from uh, from Yen going, um, "There's a lot of promise there, but not very much talent," <laughs> <laughs> which seems like a big criticism of uh, of uh, Siri. But uh, it's difficult, I'd say, to pick up um, any type of magic, right? So especially if you're trying it for the first time, and Yen's not really a teacher she's very knowledgeable and very powerful herself but she's not um the person that's best experienced to uh to train siri but um but finding it very difficult she tries with each type of magic which i like you know she tries with water magic and earth magic and um she doesn't try fire magic. Sorry, that's the one that she doesn't try because yeah. she knows that that leads to um difficulties for everybody but, yeah, that
1: tries Yeah, that's it. it. And, she, well, and the other one being air magic air that magic, she uses. Yes. And I, yeah, I liked how Yennefer describes the fire magic to Siri as well. You know, it is the source of that is you and mm-hmm. it takes something from you that you never get back as she yeah. uh, will certainly remember from the end of season one. Mm-hmm. Um So I, I liked all this and I, I loved the... I love the whole dear friend uh, letters going mm-hmm. on at the start as they're going from different houses um, and villages and so on to escape all the people pursuing yes. uh, Siri. Um you know some great initials kind of starts there if you know it's fourth house in as many months mm-hmm. you know effectively What's happening here Geralt? Are you because he keeps um you know giving a purse of money to someone saying for your discretion yes. and then the next thing you know the rumor has spread. Mm-hmm. So all this money being paid out by by Geralt. Yeah. Um well, I like the idea working it's like, yeah.
0: I, I don't know whether they're indicating that the money that he's paying for the discretion is not actually keeping them um, discreet, discreet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they, they do seem to have a lot of people following them. Yeah, definitely. And I,
1: I like the fact that with you know the relationship between her and Geralt, the the the, I guess just the the trial of having to train Ciri and it mm. not going that well. She's like you know more wine less dear friend, more wine less meat. Yes, you know <laughs> he may, you, maybe it's an excuse just so that she can speak to him, yeah, knock at the yeah. door as well. And yeah. but I just thought it was also. It was just really this dear friend letter motif mm-hmm. through the episode. I thought it was just really cute. And I like at yeah. the end how you get a dear friend letter as effectively they're having to split up with Yennefer taking Siri to Artuso whilst yeah. Geralt must um, go off to find uh, Rience. Yeah. certainly uh, given what
0: Yennefer believes Absolutely. about the magic being used. But and Gerald sends her dear friend letter back as well. Yes. So just to make it a little e- yeah. even and more I- cute. But even that moment when they arrive at Yarpen's and they're staying there and they kind of slow down in the training a bit because it's going through the, the winter period. But Yennefer kind of says, maybe we need to have a little bit of a break from training and maybe we have to have a little bit of a break from the antagonism that we have between the two of us. Yeah. And, and that's kind
1: of manifests itself with them sharing meals yeah. and all that, which was really nice. But I like yeah. at the end where you know, Geralt does promise to think of Yennefer as they're separated. Yeah. And, uh, but he does keep
0: that kiss hanging, though. Absolutely. Um, rather Absolutely. than the
1: kiss, it's just like a little grunt.
0: Yeah. Um, er, yeah, I love... Uh, actually, that's a great uh, moment of the opening of the episode where we have the little battle between uh, the people that are searching for Ciri. Um And I think throughout that, the the first... I guess word you get from Geralt is uh, his standard, uh, witcher grunt, uh, I guess. Uh, one other, one other bit of this that I, I probably will I'll bring in is just, uh, is, is Yarpen. Um, Yarpen, yeah. we've seen in each of the seasons so far, usually working with, uh, with Geralt. Uh, this time he, uh, gives them a place to stay in the farthest reaches of the continent, uh, throughout the winter. So, um, somewhere that they definitely can't be found. Uh, two things I re- well, a couple of things I really liked about this. I love that as Yarpen walks away, he says the phrase, I want to be paid for my discretion because <laughs> it, it may <laughs> yeah. have gotten around that everybody else gets paid. So why can't Yarpen? Uh, I also love that Yarpen instantly picks up that their relationship has developed again with, uh, Geralt and, and Yennefer being close again. Um, says it in a way that, of course, we can't say on TV podcast industries as we are a PG podcast, but, uh, but I do like, uh, Yarpen's directness, yes. uh, <laughs> to, to, Geralt. And then finally, I thought this was a bit unfair of, uh, of Siri, actually, because she's the one that, that says it to him. When they get tracked and they get tracked by, um, her blood, she blames it on Yarpen. She goes, um, because you, you this wasn't a safe place. We want you to help us in our next plan. It's not Yarpen's fault that this Absolutely. place wasn't safe. It's her blood that's been sniffed out. So uh, I thought that was a little unfair on poor Yarpen because he says, you know, if I'd known this place wasn't safe, I wouldn't have allowed you to stay here. Like they got six months of safety out of out of the place, right? Yes, yeah, yeah all the way up to the Valentine Festival. So uh, throughout winter up to Valentine. So, um, so I thought that was a little a little unfair of them. But hey, Yarpen, uh, at least in for the next plan. Yeah, but that was my major point. That was my major moment from the episode. The thing I loved about it was this: these travels across uh, the continent from Yen, uh, Geralt, and Siri, and how much their closeness and their close bond gets together uh, throughout that trip. How about yourself, John? What was your big moment from episode one?
1: Um, I I just like the kind of the hunt. Really, that Siri is a very popular girl that on the continent, uh, and everyone is. After her, mm-hmm. I mean, at face value, and sort of the main part of this episode, it is um, Master Rience, the the guy with the burnt face that had it burnt there mm-hmm. uh, in season two, uh, chasing after Geralt, Yennefer, and Ciri. Mm-hmm. You know, new places, new hunters, and, and they move on. You know, they're totally on the run here. But I, he is a user of fire magic, and certainly to Yennefer's point, that it takes something from you. Uh, but it, it all um coalesces around Sherwood um with the people that are chasing after her um including um queen Francesca the elven queen uh, we remember her she lost her baby in Nilfgaard um in the last season mm. um they are now in camps that they're, they're doing pitch battles but for her Siri or Cyrilla they are looking for Dol Thoma I think um and they are That's trying to this myth that will the person who will save the elven race mm-hmm. and so for for queen francesca that is of utmost importance now it puts a a bit at odds with um some of the other captains here uh, of of the squirrels in particular we get introduced to gallatin and um, the kind of leader of the squirrels where yes. he is doing the raids looking for food and um, sort of and getting supplies yeah and um, but he he believes that she is now obsessed with this and should be focusing on trying to keep the survival of the elves
0: yes gallison played by robbie amell here, yes i know coming into the witcher uh we know robbie from uh, from a couple of shows that we've watched he was on the uh, upload over on yes. uh, over on prime video uh really good over there so really really enjoy him in that and uh i think cousin of um of uh Stephen amell who played, uh, I so, played yes. arrow i think he's cousin um but great to see him in here it's a nice strong presence on the other side of uh, of this elven group you have the really stoic kind of leaders of the group with francesca and and the leaders around her and then you have the men of action all led by by gallatin here so uh it's a kind of cool presence uh, to have in the show
1: yeah, definitely. I uh, really mm. enjoyed uh, th- this bit of tension in the, the Elven camp, which mm-hmm. seemingly is kind of diffused by Francesca saying, you know, we, we'll go out uh, to uh, attack for supplies and so on, but actually heads to Sheroed as well, because with the whole attack by Rience, with mm. the Jack-a-pace, um at the Beltine Festival, uh, as they're staying with uh, Yarpin, it's they put out rumors mm. and a plan then to say that she is traveling alone. She's been separated. And so these two groups, groups—Rience's forces as well as the Elven forces um sort of, Come to Sherawed in order to claim their prize. Absolutely. Um, so I, I really like that. I think it's also we also have to note that in uh, Redania, uh, that King Vismir also has designs on Siri. And mm-hmm. um, you know he wants to to marry her, and he's a little bit upset with his spy masters, um, Distra and uh, Philippa. That Philippa true. is the one who turns into the owl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I love the fact that this whole um this links in with Yaskir, who is also brought on by Geralt yeah. uh to uh be the bait effectively, yes. you know, the trusted person who is transporting Siri um without Yennefer and Geralt. Yeah.
0: And Yaskir has a great introduction to in this episode. Yeah. Once again, they always do give uh Yaskir a great moment, but I love uh, that we see him here with it's not even a girlfriend um it's it's the the person that he's been spending a lot of time with at least from his perspective he's uh, he's an artist he gets to sleep with whoever he wants to um and we see him being thrown out uh, of their of their uh, their place together uh, at the start. I thought that was great fun, uh, a great moment from Yaskia. I also love that she calls out, "What did you think you were the only person uh, having stuff going on outside?" And he's like, "Well, yes, I did actually. I, I thought that was my purview since I'm an artist." Yeah, um, yeah, very, very, very good. Um, I think I think the
1: interesting thing though here that with Rodania is that with the two spy masters, it's <laughs> linking into Yaskia because they're wanting him with his connections to Geralt and Siri uh-huh. to deliver her. Um and it's interesting the threat that uh Philippa uh, makes to him or will undo all your good deeds mm. um which is effectively saving elves yep. from uh, being arrested, tortured, hung, mm-hmm. killed, yep. um, and and so on. So he was a bit of a hero of the elves. He season, he is. He. So you know he's there's, he's caught a little bit between a rock and a hard place here in terms of the allegiances with Geralt, Yennefer and Ciri, but also this, this threat uh, and effectively blackmail really mm-hmm. uh, by Philippa and Dykstra. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, it adds a nice little bit of uh, spice to
0: what may happen Absolute. here as well <laughs> prince as radovid on for the ride yes,
1: yes as well as being introduced to prince uh, radovid mm-hmm. as well uh who uh king visimir is entrusting this task of bringing siri to him and working with dykstra and uh philippa
0: mm. yeah it's really interesting because i'm still unsure about what's going on with the king with uh with visimir um I thought it was quite a funny moment when he's sitting there going, uh, Dykstra, I can't believe you didn't get Siri for me. She was supposed to be my uh, my intended, my beloved, my queen." And and Dijkstra says, "You might want to keep your voice down. Your betrothed is just over yeah, there." I so know. he is getting married to somebody else, yes. effectively. But he still wants Siri back. It's almost like um, that was the plan, and the plan failed. And my plans cannot fail. Uh, it's kind of the way the way it looks from uh, from Visimir. So overall, we have effectively got. Uh, Nilfgaard after Ciri, we've got the elves after Ciri, and we've also got um the Rodanian intelligence, or Rodania, after Siri, All following up, all, all trying to find her. And, of course, as you mentioned, we've got Rience himself uh, going after her as this powerful firemaid.
1: Well, uh, the elves are kind of linked and allied with Nilfgaard. With Nilfgaard, yes. Um, but Francesca is, Queen Francesca is... is looking at it purely from the survival of the Elven race, mm. was we do see Ciri's dad um, right at the end, the Emperor of... who who's titled himself the Emperor of, of the Continent. Mm. Uh, he is also looking for Ciri as well. Yes. So, you know, there's these four elements here mm-hmm. all searching for, for Ciri. And at Sheroed, uh, we get that, pitched battle uh, between the different forces. I do really like the the exposition around Shared, um mm-hmm. you know, as to the history of it, uh, where Geralt says Elrian was a warrior elf um, and she thought she could defeat the humans, and Geralt just says she was wrong. <laughs> um, to which Yennefer says, well, Geralt's a bridged version, you know? It's yeah. that she... She went through the same thing, um, you know, added more sort of flourishes to yeah. this story. And in the end, um, Geralt says, yes, she rallied rallied the elves at Sherwet, fought and died for her. And in doing so, condemned her species to annihilation. Mm-hmm. So the same outcome from Geralt's bridged, abridged version. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of really thought that was kinda of a nice way of a potted history. Yeah. Um just with Geralt's, you know, ye of a few words, exactly. really, exactly, um, and that's, that was nice, absolutely, sure. and that's
0: some of the story that we saw in Blood Origins, yes. wasn't it? We saw the kind of kick off of that war between the elves themselves before the humans arrived, and then the show finished with humans arriving yeah, at the continent. Definitely. So, uh, so this is kind of the follow up to that story that we kind of knew that from the first two seasons of The Witcher that that uh, the elves wouldn't be able to eradicate humans from the continent because they're all still yes. there, right? But uh, where we're seeing the elves now is that they're very diminished. They're now being attacked uh, in the streets. They're now being arrested. We see just little touches in here. The Beastmaster, who has the jackapace he has an elf at his side who he's calling a hybrid elf, effectively. He's treating him uh, really badly. Yeah. Uh, he's making him feed the, uh, the Jacopace, who are smelling his blood and attacking yeah. through the doors at the elf. Um, so there, there are lots of elves who are being treated really badly on the continent. So this callback at Sherwood to the fact they were the ruling class, uh, the ruling species, yeah. uh, many many uh, centuries ago, until really the convergence
1: one. and the arrival yeah. of humans. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: I also like that element that Siri brings into it. When she hears the whole story of what's going on, she thinks about it. They stay there overnight, and she comes back to uh to that place in Sherwood, and she makes her decision about what kind of leader she would be if she is destined to be a leader if all of the prophecies are true if the reason why all these people are trying to find her is because she will become a leader her choice would be to bring humans and elves together and live in peace on the continent together rather than taking a side with the elves and eradicating humans or taking a side with the humans to eradicate elves well,
1: well that's it it's like I think that that is one of the important things coming out of the chair. is, you mm-hmm. know,
0: serious sense of justice and
1: con- her conscience around yeah. it. She goes, you know, I am both. I understand both Elven and human. Mm-hmm. I can offer more to people. Um, I can break that cycle of hate. Um, and I, I like the fact again, Geralt in few words says, you know, I don't doubt your intentions and and your will here, but he just doubts the world that it would be able to follow Mm. in in that vision. Um, Really good. And then the other side that comes from this is with the – defeat of Rience's forces he escapes through a portal mm-hmm. and he is followed by Geralt who's trying to to kill him in the end he needs to get back to the battle because the elves have arrived yeah. uh, Yennefer is keeping the portal open so he breaks the wrists and hands of uh mm-hmm. but in in trying to keep that portal open to allow Geralt to come back through um she senses that Rience's magic has a, an insanity surrounding it. She mm. says, and that this portal, um, that the, the magic being used, she could sense that there was a dark, powerful mm. mage uh, behind it that is potentially the master of Rience. He's puppeting he or she is puppeting um, Reince, uh in uh, you know their particular designs are on Ciri mm-hmm. so I kind of like this new higher level threat being introduced because exactly. I mean Rience is a really good character yes, anyway yes. Yeah. I, I like his, his threat but now there, there's this other level that actually there is a a mage here uh-huh. uh behind the scenes and certainly given that at by the end uh Ciri and Yennefer are taking uh the choice to go to Artuza that is unlikely to welcome uh, both of them anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we also see, the lead mage at the end for a very brief moment. Just uh, his hands. Hooded, hooded, of course. Yes. Uh, looking a little bit like he's coming out of the Traitors TV show. Um, but uh, but he mends the hands of Riennes. Yes. I love just the touch. Of course, the first thing that Riennes would do was click his fingers to make yeah. sure he has the firepower still uh, available to him. Yeah.
1: And I think the other thing here is, you know, Yaskir does accept Philippa's offer here um, with mm. that threat. Um, that, you know, that... It, it's almost like a a a devotion to Ciri you know mm-hmm. her you know what's best for Ciri it will land her somewhere safe in Redania, Yeah, um you know and it but it is with the condition that they must get rid of Riens, yes. um uh, so that they will also gain his but also Geralt's and Ciri's trust around this deal so yeah. um you know that's a, an interesting little deal that's going on but unknown to Geralt and Yennefer as well.
0: Yes, it is. And it's an interesting deal because uh, Yasker seems to have believed what Prince Radovid said to him as well. And Radovid wasn't massively convincing to me anyway. He was (laughs) saying, my brother's not that bad, given that he's the king. Yes. It was almost like he is really bad, but it'll be okay. We'll keep her safe. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm not too sure whether uh, Yasker does have well, no, I think Yaskir does believe he has the best intentions of Ciri at heart, but only because if she's in one place, then she can be alive. But I don't, I don't think he realizes that he's putting her in danger, bringing her to uh, to um, Redania.
1: Well, I think the interesting thing with the Redania aspect is what is the bigger game here, mm. um, because as as Pip or, or Philippa says to uh, Redovid. Um, you're good at this game. Yes. And, you know, she wants to uh, bring
0: him in to work with her and Dykstra. Yeah, yeah, she's using the stick and he's using the carrot, I think is yes. the old phrase for that. Uh, good stuff. Anything else about that point, John, or anything else about the episode you want to talk about?
1: No, that's... uh it for me for my big moment Uh i guess it's several big moments but it's just the the notion that there there is four different groups Mm -hmm. uh on the hunt for siri so uh you know she she is in danger and has threats from all sides here and just the only note i have is galatan uh just says at the end after they've lost the battle you know again the tension and arguments have spilled out with francesca that he has had enough of uh all the men that he's lost in Mm -hmm. this pursuit this this seemingly obsessive pursuit by francesca yeah and she's also mourning the death of her brother but he's like i've lost enough men and i've mourned them and is off to get help from an old friend, he says. So it'll be mm. interesting to see who that is.
0: Absolutely, and um, we also saw Dara in with his group. Uh, Dara, who was yes. uh, the elf who'd worked with Siri to get to um, on her escape originally in the first season. So, and Dara was also being used to to find Siri uh, throughout season two. But now he, here he is with uh, with Gallison uh, as one of his uh, one of his men. Um Siri's realization that he's there as well, making sure that he's uh, that he isn't killed. Um, while while in the battle, so she does have some connection with Dara as well. But uh, but good to see him back there.
1: Yeah. Although Dara just says all she brings is death. Yes, exactly. So you
0: know he hasn't had the, the greatest of uh, of experiences no. since they first met. Either. He just get shot with an arrow here he does. as well. So. He does. But so does the Asker, or at least his loot does. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just have one uh, other note uh, about the episode. I suppose actually two uh, two big things to mention. We didn't mention it up front, but we probably should mention this is the last season that Henry Cavill will be playing Geralt. Yes. He is he is in there. I don't know whether you saw um, after the episodes came out, uh, Netflix were uh, putting banners up everywhere, going, "Yes, he is in this season of, of Witcher." Uh, because the question, because it was announced over, over a year ago that Henry Cavill was leaving, uh, the question from everybody is, was last season this last season, or is it this season, or is it next season, or what? So uh, they. They're They're pushing heavily that uh, the Henry Cavill is going to be in uh, all of this season, of course. Uh, But also, interestingly, they're saying that the replacement that's coming in for next season will be like a Doctor Who type replacement. There will be a reason why his face will have changed, which I think is quite interesting. Got to watch out for that. Uh, And my other note um, is uh, the character of um rience who we mentioned many times here is there is a new actor playing him this season sam wolf uh, has been cast as a replacement for chris fulton who played the character for the first two seasons uh chris fulton is a very heavy working actor on netflix he has three other shows going on um he's he's working on that on this obviously in witcher season one and two uh he also worked on bridgerton and the lazarus project so bridgerton being Another massive show on Netflix. Uh, it seems like just a conflict of uh, of availability. So, uh, so they recast Rianne's. But I'm liking Sam Wolf. I think he, he fits in really well uh, in this role of the uh, of the clicking firemaster. Yes, definitely. definitely. It's quite cool. Quite cool. That's it, probably, for our first episode uh, of The Witcher. What did you think overall, the first episode, John?
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. It uh, really brought you back into the world of The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd give this four purses of monies for your discretion Excellent. out of five. Yeah, I I just thought it was really good. I think it just kind of took up and w- was full of uh, good action good moments between Geralt and Yennefer and Siri. Yep. and um, it, it effectively brought all the people on the board, possibly with the exception of Artuza, although we did get a little snippet of mm-hmm. um, new mages being trained and yeah. uh, Vildefort kind of looking on a little creepily. Mm-hmm. Again, whether that is to suggest he is the Dark Mage mm-hmm. behind Rience, or, or whatever that may be, I think there's a lot of thunder and lightning happening whilst that scene played out. But I I just thought it was a really good introduction and so yeah,
0: I'd give it four purses of monies for your discretion out of five. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, We do have some feedback in from some of our wonderful fellow Witchers. Remember you can email us to feedback at Industries.com with your thoughts or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. I've already put up a spoiler post for each uh, each of the five episodes in volume one of The Witcher season. 3. So pop in there and leave your thoughts on each of the episodes. But first up, we have an email from Coffee and Vodka, who says, Greetings, fellow Post-it Notes defenders. I really hope Henry Cavill decided to quit over source material issues rather than his unexpectedly rejected return to the now defunct DC Extended Universe. Can't imagine he'll be out of work, but still would hate to think he jumped the gun. As in James Good. Uh nice ah, little coffee <laughs> Like it. It seems strange to think of anyone else filling the role of Geralt, but so long as they have writers able to churn out lines like What do you want from me? I have ears and good taste, so nothing. I think I'll stick around. <laughs> A great moment there from Yarpen. Yes. Yeah, really good. Um coffee vodka continues the series picked up naturally with our heroes being actively chased by most everyone else in the world and Geralt and Yennefer with fences to mend we got our monster of the week battles dry humor and the world's worst bard it's nice to see Siri become more one of the team rather than just a MacGuffin maiden needing protection the letters between Yennefer and Geralt are in great touch threading the episode nicely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, And Yarpin made it extra entertaining. He's just awesome. Finally, I can't wait for re to get his comeuppance. A good start to what looks like might shape up to be the best season thus far. 4.5 twisted hand candles, series-smelling maze monsters, and sharp Yarpin barbs out of five. Peace and take care coffee and vodka.
1: Great stuff. Thanks, coffee and vodka. Um, Yeah, Yarpin is really great. great. He's great in in this episode Mm -hmm. uh very entertaining um yeah i think we'd all like to see reyence get his come up once um and uh yeah i mean i i must say it it is the thing the dry humor uh of the show i find really really good i and i love uh henry cavill's just few words (laughs) um it is really good it's it just really nails the character.
0: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, great to, great to have them all back. And a, and a great start um, to this se- this third season of the show. I think it set it up really well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks so much, Coffee and Vodka. We also got a Facebook message from Dr. Bob Phillips, who says, We got grunts, hunts, and fire mage stunts, <laughs> along with the splintering of the terrific trio we took a season to bring together. Mm-hmm. The Jacopace really needed to have Proud Mary playing as its entrance music, (laughs) and I did regret the portrait burning, not having the brazier to the left so he could swipe those images into the flames. I was more concerned on the brazier that the fact it was indoors. I mean, I could just imagine that the whole uh, royal room would be filling with smoke. Absolutely. Um, And uh, yes, obviously... It doesn't bode well in Emperor dressed in black, burning art. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's not a not a good sign. Not a good sign. And yes, uh, big wheel keep on turning, jackpays keep on burning. Um, yeah, that would be <laughs> yeah. kind of cool. Uh, and that was a good little thing. battle
1: in the maze as well at the Beltane festival.
0: It was the only thing that was in my head uh, when that when that came up. I was like, yeah, okay, experience Ballantine festival, enjoy it. I think it's both Siri and Yennefer's birthday, isn't it? That's uh, that's what they, what we learn here. Yes. They're both born on Balantine, uh, which I thought was interesting but go and enjoy it, go spend some time, dance with the group of villagers, don't go into the maze, <laughs> get lost on your own, oh, well, and try true. and get the two people trying to protect you for the last, what, four or five months unable to find you in the maze. That was not a good plan, Siri. No.
1: Although Yennefer was immediately looking for the ale tent. Of course, of course she was. As well. And I, I like the whole Beltane um, aspect, you know, the, that that um, that May festival mm. from... Um, well, I guess from Gaelic, uh, and, uh, fro-
0: Celtic culture, yeah. Celtic culture. Yep. Yeah, Valentine Festival. I think it's, uh, Meen and as is, uh, is May in Ireland. Uh, we, we added on about 25 extra letters to, uh, the three, the three letter, uh, month of May. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's quite cool. Um,
1: and also it features, Right at the opening of Wheel of Time as well, the the village there mm-hmm. uh, is also uh, deep in the middle of a belting
0: festival. festival. Yes, and interestingly, the uh, the main feature of it seems to be uh, everybody has to jump over the fire in the middle of. Uh in the middle of the of the uh, celebration. Is that the, that's what everybody has to try and do, is jump over the fire. Don't try and jump over a fire at home, especially not the tale that's told about the uh, the uh, knight who tried to jump over it in a full suit of armour. Um, those things are heavy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Good stuff. I think that's it for our first episode of The Witcher Season 3. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with our discussion about Episode 2, Unbound. Geralt, my friend, a time of contempt is approaching deep and utter contempt. My proposition is a simple solution. Someone has to die so someone else can live. I will not pay for what I love by having contempt for myself. Welcome back, fellow Witchers, after a little short break there. Uh, we're back with episode two of The Witcher Season three, Unbound. Yes, welcome back, fellow Witchers. Uh, good to have you on board. Mm-hmm. Thanks um, for
1: staying with us. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, looking forward to getting into episode two. Mm-hmm. So, shall we get straight into our spoiler filled discussion? Uh, Derek, what are
0: some of the episode details for episode two, Unbound? Well, of course, based on the book series by Andrzej Sapkowski and the game series from CD Projekt Red with showrunner Lauren schmidt Hisrich, And, of course, this episode directed again by Steven sergic uh, But this episode was written by Tanya L- Losha. Um, first episode of the main Witcher series, but you're wrote episode three of The Witcher Blood Origins. Good stuff. Yeah, that's yep. quite cool. Yep. Uh, John, do you want to give us the synopsis for The Witcher season three, episode two, Unbound? Sure. With Geralt separated
1: from Ciri and Yennefer in search of Rience and his master, he along with Yaskir head to Corringer and Fen, a law firm and detective agency for help in his quest. They give him the location Volpan, a castle where he might discover vital details about the sorcerer in charge of Rience, and they also hint at the involvement of the mage Istrid, who is also looking for Ciri. Yaskia continues to gather information about Rience. In his desire to help Siri, he shares Geralt's encounters with the wrong people, Dykstra and Philippa, who are in turn are trying to persuade Yaskia to hand over Siri to them. Their plan involves Prince Radovid, Vizimir's charming brother. To win Geralt's confidence, Yaskia asks Prince Radovid to pay Corringer and Fenn in exchange for details regarding Rience. However, his interaction with Prince Radovid seems to have left Prince Radovid smitten with the dandelion. Meanwhile, Yennefer and Siri make their way to Artusa, but along the way, Siri's increasingly unsettling visions and her efforts to change the course of events cause problems between her and Yennefer. To maintain a low profile, Yenne makes the decision to purchase an immediate portal towards Artusa from Kira, her old friend, but they have no choice but to flee and travel the long way to Artusa after a vision causes Siri to release a dwarf held captive because of a bleak future she foresaw on the road to Artuza. Yen and Siri continue to argue, and Yen opts for a diversion to teach Siri important lessons about the possible repercussions of interfering with fate. Geralt arrives in Volpan to find a creepy den with a horrifying scene of three heads extending from fleshy stalks in the walls. In a cocoon of webbing, a distraught girl rants about a nocturnal visitor. He releases the girl, and no sooner a hideous thing-like creature made up of bodies of its victims attacks him. Geralt battles the monster, killing it and saving the young, blonde-haired, green-eyed lady. He takes her away from the dungeon, and Geralt makes an effort to talk to her, only she already knows his name, and explains she knew he'd come to save her, as she is Ciri. Ooh, doppelganger. Yes, big time. Hmm. Like, it's a big ending, actually. It it's, a, it's a good cliffhanger. Huh. You know, who is this blonde-haired, green-eyed girl? Yeah. And, um, like, immediately I was thinking, well, it must be this sort of unknown master mage that's helping against. Okay. So maybe yeah. he's transformed um, sure. or is able to yeah. uh, in order to sort of, I guess to put a, a stick in the wheel of, of everything that is assumed and believed right. within this group, yeah. but um, just don't know. Because
0: it is interesting um, when he's speaking to Kodringer and Fenn, um, they say to him that he should get someone that looks like Siri, <laughs> effectively, because someone has to die. Um in this time of great contempt, I think is the, is the words that they use. So they suggest that he gets someone like Siri effectively. So yes. uh, interesting that, uh, that he finds someone just like Siri pretty soon after that.
1: Yeah. And it was good actually being back with Corringer and Fenn. Mm. Um, I mean, they're a little reticent, you know, they, they, they weren't really going to tell, uh, Geralt too much, uh, mm-hmm. because un- unless he had a lot of money, but exactly. I, I guess he's, out of money because of all the payments for discretion. Mm -hmm. But uh, I kind of liked how they... They almost tantalized him with information without yeah. giving him too much, like the Istrid um, Infl- sort of yeah. bit of information that they yeah, gave I him. Yeah,
0: I had completely forgotten uh, Istrid's name. So when the name was just dropped there, I had to had to Google it and find out who Istrid was because <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen Istrid yes. uh, back to season two. Yeah. Uh, and
1: in terms of talking about Rehans and his possible uh, master, they mm-hmm. talk about how they may be a rejected sorcerer yes. as well, or, yes. or a mage from possibly Artuza, I guess. Mm-hmm. As I say, Vildefort is, if that is the case, mm-hmm. feels like a a, a possible option there he I does guess.
0: he does um kind of like to and fen in here as well they yeah. felt a little bit like a uh, hagrid from harry potter where they release a bit of information and then go "Ooh, shouldn't have said that yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly but it's tantalizing enough that he might pay a bit more money as well which is uh which is where they are but that uh, but good to see the two of them back for a short time uh, in this episode uh what we do as we mentioned on the last episode what we do is pick out our two big moments uh from the episode um i'd say up front here this second episode um was all over the continent. I felt the first episode was reintroducing us to the continent, the characters and the, and our main three characters. Now we have the, those three characters split and doing different missions with the Asker on board again. And um, it feel, and also introducing and uh, paying, spending time across the continent with various people. I found this very difficult to focus on and to pick up one uh, big moment. There's um, so much going on.
1: It really did feel like a bitty episode yeah. because of this constant moving around. I mean, it, it's the notion of... It felt like writer's tennis. You were just right. sort of battered around the continent um, for very short moments. I mean, I just wish they had kind of brought a few of them together yeah. into longer stints with the characters. Exactly. Because it, it felt a little it couldn't really get into the swing of what was happening. It just, you you needed the full entirety of the episode. And I wish they had sort of done, sort of brought pieces together Mm -hmm. uh, a bit more here uh, for me. But, um, you know, again, it was quite a lot of information, new things being brought in. And as you say, that's going to be the case when your main group, are suddenly split. Exactly. And it's not only that, but you have all these other, you know, when you've got four groupings after Siri, that's a lot of things to keep up in the air. Certainly Um, is. But I, I just thought they could have made this a little bit more. Just Tighter tighter um, and and brought together some of these different scenes into longer sort of sections yeah
0: just like i know obviously there's three more episodes in this volume of the series but i wonder if a couple of these moments could be just pushed into a later episode and a couple of other ones pulled together a bit so you'd have a tighter episode where you didn't have to uh, drop in for two minutes here in one place it does make it feel like a massive world though. It, it does. It, like yeah. I remember some, some of the episodes of, of a show like Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon where, um, you're moving to massively different locations minute by minute by it minute. It feel a bit um, like that. You know, yeah. did. So I can see, I can see that kind of comparison this time on, uh, on the continent. It's not like, like it's not just like Yaskir is meeting somebody or Geralt is meeting somebody or, uh, Yen is meeting somebody in Your through line. We're dropping in with different groups who all have their own pieces, well, including uh, Redalion Intelligence, with their. Um, I-, I guess it's a. Uh, uh, bondage, um, psychology, I guess, uh, where they're working through Dykstra's problems so he can work out what, uh, well, <laughs> what's it, going on in his past.
1: It, it's that, but I, I, it's also the fact that, you know, the, the storylines of Fringilla and Cahir, both separate, mm-hmm. uh, were also brought back in, in, in this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as well as spending more time in, in Artusa and some of the, I guess, politics going on yes. in, in Artusa. So, you know, there was a lot
0: here. There was.
1: Um, and it just felt quite sort of, it was almost interrupted. Um, yeah. Like you were just getting into a particular point mm-hmm. or aspect, and then it shifted to another part of the content. So it, it Yeah, it, it felt like it didn't ruin the episode, mm-hmm. but it
0: didn't make the episode flow. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what did you choose as your big moment from this episode, John?
1: I went with Yaskia here, Um I, you know, Freedom Fighter, Spy Bard, and Scintillating Tease. Really, mm-hmm. um, I, I really like that. At um, Coringer and Fenn, you do have uh, Yaskia here, and he is then Geralt and Yaskia become separated as Yaskia goes on to, you know, try and gather further information for Geralt around Rience and. His first port of call is, um, the Spymasters and Redovid from, uh, Redania. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of really enjoyed this because again, it, it, it's where we see this rock and a hard place that Yaskia is, is, is in mm-hmm. with, uh, Dykstra and Philippa, but also then, uh, I guess increasingly with Redovid because, um, he, he's looking for Redovid to pay money to Corringer and Fenn in order to get more information around Rience and mm. and his location. But in return, Redovid wants to, uh, wants for Yaskia, this, this, dan- the dandelion to be a part of his court. Yeah. Um, and in the end, he does, relent and plays his lute and and songs, Mm -hmm. and it seems as though that bewitches uh, Redovid here. Yeah,
0: it seems like Redovid moves from wanting to be part of his court to courting him.
1: Yes, definitely. There you go. Um, And I I think the other side of it here is that you know we heard in the last episode that uh, Philippa thinks that uh, Redovid is is actually really good at this game, and we see him uh, at. A, a banquet where Vizimir is telling tales um, that he's also telling porkies to mm-hmm. uh, Dykstra as well uh, because he has met with Nilf- Nilfgaard um, at a secret meeting uh, the previous night uh, which uh, Redovid tells uh, Dykstra here and mm-hmm. um, again throwing in a bit of uncertainty for Dykstra uh, as him and, and Philippa are-, are trying to you know sort of improve Vizimir's standing by getting Siri. Ultimately, you know, this is a political power play for this kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so Yaskir is all caught up in this, still with, you know, the threat of his um Elven Railroad effectively mm-hmm. being exposed and dismantled if he doesn't help them. Uh, so I kind of liked just Seeing a bit more of Yaskir here. Um, and, you know, again, I think for Yaskir, his motivations are, to, you know, his, his loyalty to, to Geralt, his friendship with him, but also, uh, to, with Siri, uh, just trying to protect her. And he sees that absorbing her into a, a kingdom as powerful as Redania mm-hmm. is one of those ways. Yeah. Given, how many people are are coming for here
0: yeah absolutely absolutely i really like this these these moments with yaskir and again it's almost like he has his own superpower we have mages in this world we have uh, witches in this world but he has the power of bewitching a room with his songs here you know um, i i feel like that's a really interesting way of using yaskir here he sings whatever popular songs they want him to play and then he sings this beautiful ballad um which seems to really bear his heart in front of the audience and and uh, makes the prince fall in love with them. It seems so. Um, yes. So that's quite cool that that they that they have Yasker having his own moments here. Um, he does have his motivation of keeping himself alive, of course. Uh, and he has got a lot of pressures in in uh, dealing with everybody around him. But I like that he's using his special abilities, uh, for want of a better word, uh, to uh, navigate uh, all the paths around him and get rid of it on his side.
1: Yeah, he can effectively he's a charmer. He yes, he, he can talk himself out of a box, yes, you know, he can. effectively.
0: Yes. And has done many many uh, yeah, times. <laughs> exactly. That is a superpower. Exactly, exactly. Uh, anything else on that John?
1: Uh, no, that's all. Um I just I just really like the time with Yaskia here mm-hmm. and Me too. Uh, always do. I thought it
0: built on,
1: you know, what we kind of were starting to learn at the uh in in the last episode mm-hmm. and it just you know delved that little bit deeper and also provided for a bit of possible romance as well. Exactly. Exactly. Derek, uh, what's your major point here?
0: My big moment that, that stood out to me from the episode really is uh is Siri and Yennefer uh, working together here. We've see we see this conversation between the two that as Ciri has been trained more as being a mage that she's getting these visions much stronger. She's always had visions in the past, yeah. but they're becoming thicker and faster. It's almost like if she, if someone talks to her, she sees someone across a room, she now has a vision uh, that's connected to them. Um, but I like how yennefer's trying to guide her through this. I think the first um, vision that she sees is of a, a Kingsman who passes her by and she sees his death And tries to save him. She wants to go back and save him. And Yennefer's kind of going, but, you know, you never know. If you save that guy, maybe the knock-on effect will be much worse uh, for the continent. It's a
1: a king's rider uh, or messenger. um, And interestingly, he pops up in Vizimir's court as he's telling the tales. Mm -hmm. And Ciri's vision is that he gets an arrow in the throat. And he just, with Vizimir sort of pontificating around his tails, but he mm. also fires a crossbow in his banquet hall. Yeah. Which just, just misses guy, yeah. uh, this this <laughs> messenger.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really like that too. Um but we also see this gets them into some major trouble later. You know, there's there's a moment they're, they're traveling all across the continent. As we said in the first episode, it's probably uh six, eight months, maybe a year that they've been traveling across the continent. And Yen makes this massive decision that they're going to go back to Artusa, the place that she doesn't feel she could be safe, but it, yeah. for the purpose of sa- of saving Siri and get, getting more guidance for her, they're going to go there. And Yen decides that they're going to use magic to get there. They're going to get a por- portal from her old friend, Kira. Um, they go to Kira's town, all sorted, all ready to go. And then a hunter comes in carrying a chained child um, beside him, and Siri gets a vision that this child is going to be brutalized and is going to be beaten. And him, getting Yen and Siri into more trouble effectively. So Yen decides to show Siri the real consequences of what happens when you interfere, not knowing how this will impact the world. Um, I thought this was great. I really did. I love the idea of Yen, uh, trusting Siri with her real past, with her true, uh, origin story effectively and what that led to, how it led her to, um, get power, how it led her to be hungry for, um, the world and how it led her to free Kahir, who had been a thorn in their side, um, for so long. And that led to all the kingdoms of the north going up against each other. You know, the fact that there was two people from uh, one kingdom in the north who were hung for going to another kingdom in the north. And Yen's blaming herself for that. She's saying if she hadn't freed Cahir... Maybe it would be a much more peaceful continent. Yeah.
1: Well, she says, you know, I set a person free and set the north against the Brotherhood mm. of Mages at Artusa, mm-hmm. and we do see, uh, you know, Vildefort and uh, Tisia mm-hmm. talking about how, you know, their influence seems to be waning uh, with that, um, with the fact that one of their own set free Cahir, yeah. who. Is on the side of Nilfgaard mm-hmm. and so on. And, and we see Kahir here. Yes, we do. Um, with uh, Gallatin, who this is his old friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he seemingly has been demoted uh, because he wasn't able to get Siri uh, uh, to uh, his master, yeah. who is the emperor that we are seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also he is known as the White Flame. So I mm-hmm. think the White Flame is him yes or i might be wrong because yes, he's wearing black yeah and so it seems a strange title maybe the dark flame or something <laughs> but anyway you do you know what I mean? yeah. so the, there is this um there's this relationship of the Nilfgaard's uh giving refuge to elves in the mm-hmm. past and this is where their alliance is forged yeah they are effectively and, um, you know, in opposition uh, and are warring with the North, yeah. who are looking to wipe out elves. Yeah,
0: because if they, they feel if they take over the North with the support of Nilfgaard, then elves can be free. Yes. Uh, but interestingly, Kahir is making a challenge for leadership of the group of dwar- dwarves. He's saying effectively that he's going to take out Francesca and become the leader. Yes. So, uh So that's interesting. And of course, Gallatin does have uh, his challenge to, uh, to, um francesca particularly after as we saw in episode one she said she was willing to fight by his side but actually it was just another way of using them to get siri rather than actually fighting by their side so um no love lost at the moment between francesca and gallatin
1: no absolutely and in terms of when cahir is saying uh about you know he lost the girl of Mm -hmm. Sintra, i wonder if gallatin sort of that you know, links to the elven legend, the, mm. el- the savior of the elves yeah. that is Ciri, or is Cirilla, mm-hmm. um, which... She has quite a number of names of which, which Cirilla, is- I do keep thinking of Cilla Black I so actually. I'm always wanting to do it in a Liverpoolian accent. <laughs> it's
0: like Cirilla, it. I like it. I like it. Uh, I suppose Siri also gives uh, gives uh, a reason for Apple fans to uh, to like Siri too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, that That's my major point. I just like those moments between y- Yennefer and uh, and Siri uh, throughout the episode and the lesson that Jennifer is teaching. You know, how bad can it really go if you interfere and save one person's life? Well, I'll tell you how bad it Actually yeah, actually well, did that's go it. when I tried it. The law, the
1: for, law yeah. of unintended consequences. Exactly. Yes.
0: But so much other stuff went on in the episode. You mentioned the emperor. We saw him in this episode. We saw Siri's father um, getting his weapon and, um, tuned up, uh, I guess, uh, getting getting us uh, ready to go for his next battle. Uh, we had some moments with him here where he's talking about his experience in the past, where he's talking about the fact that he wants to lead the entire continent and become the emperor of the continent, so I uh, got to spend a bit of time with him here, but uh, but so much going on, and so much, ch- just little moments of each of them.
1: Well, that's yeah. it, and also with the emperor, um, I think his name is Emir as mm-hmm. well, yeah. so again, another person with multiple names, but he doesn't have use for for mages, and that mm-hmm. that links into Fringilla who was captured in season two there and we see her effectively very drunk in the bowels of his uh fortress yes uh, effectively testing well, every drink to see whether it's poisoned you know and, it sounds like a perfect job really funny doesn't it, it sounds like one of those that.
0: jobs that if you're if you're asked to uh, to drink uh, wine all day um <laughs> yeah it'd be grand but even when we're introduced to her she's going i cannot drink any more wine no it's not poisoned. stop sending wine down to me but we do see her end the room that there are bodies of testers who have been killed, so yes. there is a reason for them to be concerned that the wine of the of the prince will be uh, will be poisoned. Exactly, so, uh, and indeed, poisoned,
1: that's so. how she escapes: is from one of the other drinkers uh-huh. getting poisoned, and she swaps herself into the body bag that's then tossed yes. with all the other dead drinkers mm-hmm. uh, and wine testers, uh, and so she's able to escape. And yeah. you know, she is a powerful mage yes, in and is. of her right, but I just love how. You know, her mightiness has fallen yeah. by being effectively so drunk and mm-hmm. repeatedly hung over by being a wine taster yeah. uh, to check for poison. How much wine is he drinking as well? Because yeah. uh, they,
0: they have a lot but of wine I think taster, it's for so. the
1: court as well. It's not maybe well, yes, just-, just for uh, Emir. But uh, it's just yeah. in case
0: he gets yeah. one glass of, uh, or one, one cup of, uh, of the poisoned wine. Uh, but very good. Excellent stuff. And nice to see Frenchella back. Uh, anything else about the episode? I know loads went on, but anything else about the episode you wanted to call out, John? Well, I, I think,
1: you know, Geralt, uh, heading to Volkan, yeah, yeah. Um, How do we not and, talk about Geralt? <laughs> well, I know exactly. It's just, you know, I, I, in a sense, maybe this is a third big moment because, mm. um, I just love, uh, the creepiness mm. of, The den. I just immediately went to John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the three heads coming out the wall and then this beast made up of their torsos that as he kills each one, the head kind of shrivels up and dies on the vine. Uh, It's a really visual sort of monster here, Mm -hmm. which was very good. But also in this kind of cocoon is this, um, this this girl uh this this other lady Mm -hmm. um with blonde hair striking eyes again you were kind of like oh okay that you know is she being grown in this cocoon i mean i just don't know or is it she does talk uh uh, she's kind of ranting sort of in distress about this nocturnal visitor Mm. and you know who is that is that reent's master Mm. is she a doppelganger or or in terms of a shapeshifter who's taking on the form, it, yeah. is it, she
0: grown from the blood that Rian stole and, exactly. and used to try and get the jackalaces yeah. to catch so Siri? Yeah,
1: what, who, or maybe even what is this? Um, this girl yeah. uh, that you know, as Geralt goes to try and get to know her, she immediately um, says his name. You know, you know who I am, Geralt. I'm Ciri, she yeah. says, and a great ending. I mean, Absolutely. in terms of that, and she's uh, much
0: younger. She looks much more like Ciri uh, in in the first season of yeah. uh, of The Witcher as well. So I guess we'll find that out uh, as we get into the next episode of the show. I don't I'll be able to keep that back for too much longer as no. to who this Ciri might be.
1: Uh, we also probably w- won't be getting Fenn and uh, Corringer back yeah. uh, as Rience, having heard that they are sort of letting their tongue slip a mm-hmm. little, uh, goes in and burns them and their house and place of work to the ground, well, yeah. saving the cat. I did like that touch where he seemingly threatens the cat mm-hmm. with his uh, flame.
0: My fire finger, yeah.
1: And then... He walks out with the cat as the house is on fire, hearing the shrieks of Fenn and Conjure uh in in
0: inside yeah there's an old um hollywood uh screenwriting book uh by blake snyder called uh, save the cat it's basically about screenwriting 101 when you put a an animal in danger make sure it's saved or else you lose the audience effectively so i like that they very specifically put this on screen not only does he pick up the cat you see him walking out the door yes, carrying the exactly. cat and through his portal <laughs> and, you know making sure the cat comes with him so uh, they were taking some taking some guidance from exactly uh, the
1: cat. and again the lovely touch of as he's walking out with the cat, you mm. see the owl perched outside mm-hmm. and Philippa in owl form flying through the portal. Mm, very good. Very good. Following him. Yeah. So, yeah, really good. I, I like how Redania is get kind of being sort of integrated into this story. Definitely. Um, uh, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Rodanian intelligence. Uh, yeah. Loads of other stuff, uh, went on in this episode as well. Nice to see all the mages, uh, still bickering and battling amongst themselves. Yeah. And Archusa, that was, uh, that's always interesting. You always see them, um, because they feel they're so powerful. They should be in charge of everything. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's like, you know, we're the most intelligent people in the, all of the continent. We should be in charge of everything. And they don't really know. They can't really work out even between themselves who, how they should do that.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, and interestingly, um, you know, Trissa asks her, you know, one of the other majors, I think uh Jen, to go and get Nilsa from her her dormitory, mm. uh, and she spots a splatter of blood behind a chair, seemingly mm. hidden. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I wonder what that means. Yeah. What's that about? I, I mean, don't
0: remember. I wonder if that could have been saved for episode three. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, as I say, I think all this toing and froing mm. is. Is quite a lot to behold. I yeah, well,
0: well, let's close this out. What what overall did you think of the episode itself?
1: Um, I would give this three ugly ones out of five uh, in reference to Yennefer calling Siri my ugly one what all
0: was, the way through What this. was that about? That was so harsh. And when, I, and when Siri asks her about it, she goes, well, I said I'd never lie to you. Again. Yeah,
1: like, exactly. even
0: more harsh. I also thought it was about keeping a low
1: profile because, I mean, that's part of where the tension with yen and siri and the arguments within this episode is Mm. because you know she's being hunted by everybody everyone and in her pursuit for justice Mm -hmm. uh trying to save people she's kind of putting them um you know front and center she's shining the spotlight on them and it's like we need to keep a low profile yeah Uh, so I, i thought it was a bit from that because by the end she calls her Siri, again, yeah. uh, after she has shown Siri about her past mm-hmm. uh, and and everything. So I, I, you know, I still enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I just found it really difficult to follow it. I guess it's only coming to the podcast and talking about it um, and, and just ruminating, I guess, mm. on it after the fact that, um, you know, th- there's a lot in here. And I think when there are splits and subsplits going on with mm. characters plus other characters from season one and two beginning to sort of uh, be introduced. As I said up front, I just wish they had kind of pulled some of these moments with um, say Yaskia and Redovich and Philippa and uh, Dijkstra just together into a more of a, a whole mm. i think you know in terms of where geralt is here at the start and at the end that makes sense you know yeah. Um, i did like geralt as he arrives in Volpan, uh saying it's a trap and of course it's trusty horse uh agreeing with him uh, <laughs> as he goes in he says it's definitely a trap yeah uh, so yeah i really uh you know, I did enjoy this, but I, I would give this three and a half. Ugly mm-hmm. ones out of five.
0: Yeah, and I know the impetus. There's still three more epi- episodes to go, which most viewers will be watching all in the same day, but I I felt distracted throughout the episode by so much going on. I found it difficult yeah. to take notes on it because I was trying to work out what to focus on. By the time I'd seen a scene, it had gone past so quickly. I was going, what what actually was this scene about? What was what was the intent? Yeah, and it in how it does here? it link? And yeah. most of the time it felt like, here's a scene, you'll see more of this in the next episode, or you'll see more of this in episode Definitely. four. So as an episode itself, um, yeah, there, there's just way too much uh, going on for me on, on that episode, but I'm sure as the rest of the season plays out, we'll be able to pull all those pieces together.
1: Definitely. Uh, let us move on to our episode two feedback. Firstly, uh, onto our emails. Uh, you can go to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com to send in your Thoughts, theories, and comments, of course. Mm -hmm. We have Coffee and Vodka. He says, Greetings, fellow Flesh Render defenders. Mm -hmm. First, a belated congratulations to Chris and a wish for eventual rest. (laughs) (laughs) These episodes are so dense with detail and wide-ranging, we could talk for hours about each one. Keeping it to my favourite moments, it was great to see Fringilla. Can hardly wait to see what she gets up to. Rience is sending mixed signals, killing a couple of my favourite characters, mm-hmm. but keeping the cat unharmed. Why would he destroy the most useful repository of knowledge in the kingdom? It doesn't make sense unless it does, and I'm missing something. The monster of the week has never been ickier, mm-hmm. and now we have a Siri LMD. <laughs> mm. Also, did Geralt just stop looking for Reince's boss? The scene seemed incomplete as the forces slowly close in around our heroes. With Yaski's help, can't wait to see how it pans out. Three and a half fractured futures brewing ruler undoings and human centipedes out of five. Peace <laughs> and take care coffee and vodka. <laughs> uh great stuff. Thanks coffee and vodka. Yeah, I t- I totally know what you mean. I mean, I love the Geralt battle with the thing like mm. creature. Uh but because we had it's a trap, then it's like well, did a trap spring here or was mm. it just the monster or is it this Siri doppelganger that yep. we see?
0: Life because yeah, I mean That's in a sense a-
1: there was no hint mm. at um Rience's master here, or not seemingly anyway, and I just wonder whether Istrid possibly is that uh, shadowy figure Uh, we haven't seen him so far Mm -hmm. yet but you know, he has increasingly moved into the background of the Witcher uh, through the course of the seasons and I I, I think too uh, why Rience burns down uh, Fen and Conjur is they have mentioned Possibly his master's name with Istred, um, but possibly his master, the absence of knowledge uh, or the confusion of information
0: can make people very, very powerful and persuasive. Well, absolutely. But uh, quite specifically, Codringer says that something about the plans of Rience's master, and that's when Rience flips. Uh, it's that moment where he's going, hang on a second, did you say you know something about the plans of my master? And Fen's eyes closed where she's just going, oh no, I think we've just revealed something we definitely <laughs> shouldn't have revealed in front of Rience. Uh, so I think that's why, uh, why he kills the two of them. They're a repository of knowledge, absolutely. He's used them, he's got that knowledge, and then realized, hang on, they're also repository of knowledge for lots of other people i need to keep this off the table so yeah uh, so sad to see them go you're totally right uh two of our favorite characters as well uh sad to see them go but i can see that that's probably the reasoning beh- behind behind Riant's doing it also he's a bit mental from using all of the uh the fire magic right uh
1: yes i think uh, it's taking a lot out of him
0: but also Liz
1: Carr, who plays Fenn here, mm-hmm. uh, will shortly be with us in Good
0: Omens Season 2 as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. That yes. will be
1: uh, starting to cover from the end of July.
0: Yeah, yep. 28th of July. Um, looking forward to that. Yeah, It'll be, it'll be nice to see uh, see Liz Carr back uh, in another role. Uh, so maybe actually the reason why she's written out of The Witcher was to go over to Good Omens. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe so. <laughs> looking yes. forward to doing that. Thanks so much, Coffee and Vodka. We also got a message over on Facebook from Dr. Bob Phillips who says, Well, I didn't expect that to be a mother-daughter argument with the I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. A lecture on utilitarianism and a deconstruction of the beauty myth all in a stroll in the woods. Very pleased the librarians got to come back, even if it was for a bit of light catnapping and arson. Plus, big up the lesbian representation in this episode, and has our annoying bard finally found true love? Thanks, like Dr. Bob. Yeah, it was kind of kind of cool to see that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, Yaskir is well known as a bisexual character. He's He mentions many, many times of the, the amount of conquests he had. So uh, maybe he's going to settle down with the prince. Possibly. Someday his prince has come.
1: Maybe so. Yeah. Or is this just more his silver tongue at work?
0: Uh, maybe, maybe possibly later on Redovich (laughs) potentially but yeah I like that moment with the Ironmonger and the Emperor where she's kind of realises that he's a little off kilter and kind of says you know (laughs) my wife likes my head attached to my shoulders (laughs) please don't send me home without it Um, thought that was that was really good and and again just dropped in there uh, the way the Witcher does Uh, so nice to see that in there
1: yeah and she was talking up everything he said you know and Mm. raising the the glass oh yes you are Uh, the saviour of the continent yes
0: please leave my shop as soon as possible Good stuff. Thanks so much, Coffee and Vodka and Dr. Bob. Uh, please keep sending your feedback into us. Email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Yes,
1: thanks so much, Dr. Bob, for the feedback and uh, also Coffee and Vodka. I think that's everything uh, for us for the first two episodes of The Witcher. We will, of course, be back with episodes three and episode four of The Witcher Um Hopefully, a little bit sooner than we we did with these first two. Yeah. Um. But yes, in the meantime, you can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com dot com mm-hmm. where you can. Uh, subscribe and support us uh, by sharing the podcast because, of course, sharing the podcast is sharing, sharing the love. love. Yes, we uh,
0: are covering another major show at the moment. We're covering Marvel's Secret Invasion starring my favourite comic book character, Nick Fury. Uh, three episodes into that show, three more to go. Uh, so really looking forward to continuing that. You can subscribe to the podcast and get uh, that coverage over there. John mentioned earlier on we're coming up to uh, Good Omens Season 2 five years since yes. uh, the David Tennant Michael Sheen starring show uh, written by uh, Neil Gaiman a nice comedy apocalyptic story of angels and demons and the second season coming out uh, later this month. So looking forward to that as well.
1: Yes. uh, You can also then support us uh, for a monthly amount over at patreon.com forward slash TV podcast industries, as well as for a one-off payment at buymeacoffee.com forward slash TVPI. But we will be back soon with The Witcher episode Season 3, Episode 3, Reunion, and Episode 4, The Invitation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking forward to more of The Witcher uh, later on on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time.
1: Yes, thank you, fellow witches, for joining us. Until next time, remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep witching. Bye.